Praise the Lord and welcome to the podcast today. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson and this is Cross Time with Pastor Curtis here in the studio at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. And we're just so glad to have you with us today gathered around God's Word. We hold this Bible study every Monday and Friday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time. And uh, it's an online Bible study that you can, wherever you may be, in your car, on your job, washing dishes, whatever you may be doing, you can tune in and listen, and or you can sit there literally as in a, a class with your Bible, pencil, and paper and get ready to learn the Word of the Lord and hear the Holy Spirit ministering to you the words of life, light, and liberty. Hallelujah. And uh, our study is in Second <coughs> Peter chapter 1. This is going to be part 5 of this chapter today on this 11th day of, I think it's 11th day, isn't that right? Yep, the 11th day of August 2023. The days come and go so fast, sometimes I don't even know what day it is, but I'm telling you, time is flying by. Uh, You know, it's an amazing thing to know the Bible tells us uh, that the ends of the ages have come upon us and that the end of all things is at hand. And those phrases were written 1,900 years ago. So where does that put us today? I hope it would put us in a very sober-minded and an awakened place where we are continually striving together for the faith of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And uh, at any moment, any moment, Jesus is about to step out and meet his bride in the air and take us home. I'm telling you, it's about to happen, folks. I hope I hope everybody that claims they're Christians has oil in their lamps and they're ready to go. I hope they're a part of the wise virgins. Hallelujah. Because any moment, literally, we are about to leave. Things are about to come on this earth that uh, even this great nation of America has not seen. And, uh, I mean, we're watching, uh, we've been saying we're watching America collapse, but it's already collapsed, my friend. It's already collapsed. It's just the disease of sin is spreading so rampantly now. Uh, It's just amazing that what this nation is turning into. Yes, God still has a righteous people in this earth, and those who... The Bible says, do righteous are the righteous. Hallelujah. And so I'm thankful to be a part of that group. And though uh, you'll be ridiculed and lamb blasted, criticized and persecuted, uh, just keep on marching, denying yourself, taking up your cross and following your Savior all the way to the finish line. Because this world needs us in it. And when we're gone, it's going to be that that is one of the things uh, that's going to introduce what Jesus called the worst time the world will have ever known or ever know this old earth. And and, uh, we're headed there now. Darkness is getting darker and the light of the gospel for those who have their feet in the path of righteousness, it's getting brighter. Hallelujah. And that's what the Bible promises and that's what those who are truly scripturally walking with the Lord are going to see in the days ahead. And you don't have to be caught up and, and caught off the path and all the things the enemy and our flesh like to get us distracted through, you can just keep on beholding the Lamb, hallelujah, and you'll be just fine. No matter what you have to go through, just keep beholding the Lamb. Glory be to God. Uh, Before we dig in this morning, determined camp meeting, October the 5th through the 8th this year. The second year in a row, we'll be in Palestine, Texas, Christ Community Church, Pastors Clinton, Lindsey Bass, and the great congregation there, uh, are going to be hosting that. Christ Community Church going to be hosting that again there in Palestine, Texas. And you just flat out don't want to miss it. 
You just do not want to miss it. It will not be streamed live. So if you want to be a part of it while it's going on, you'll have to be there. Uh, there are plenty of hotels there, as I said uh, in the last session. Uh, Palestine has several thousand more people in it than Atlanta and Queen City here where we are. And uh, there are hotels and restaurants and everything you need there. So make plans to be there. Again, it's October the 5th through the 8th. That's a Thursday night all the way through a Sunday night and you're talking about somewhere along the lines of 14 ministers probably it's on the screen right now or it has been uh, I'll, I'll add it and uh, you can see the names of the ministers and exactly when they'll be speaking. So I encourage you right now make plans that's coming very soon and you don't want to miss it. This will be our 10th year to hold these determined camp meetings. And I'm still not ashamed to be marching in this great truth of Christ and Him crucified. I'm still not ashamed to call myself determined just as the Apostle Paul did. And so many negative things being said today by some of those you'd least expect it. But that's where the greatest temptation and trials come in, right? Not from some uh, snaggletooth crackhead that comes up and tries to get you off track, but it's... You really, the most dangerous place and the most tempting place to leave the path of the Lamb, the path of the righteous, is by those that you've learned to trust, you've honored. So you have to be very careful. And there's only one thing that guarantees that we will not be deceived, and that is if our focus stays the gospel. Hallelujah. If our focus stays the gospel. Before we dig in today, something right before the, the podcast this morning that I was, uh, the Lord was actually ministering this to me is that if we would be found as God's people striving together for what brought us together as the body of Christ in the beginning, we could get together. We could be together and have the greatest unity the church has ever seen. And that is striving together for the faith of the gospel. Philippians 1.27. That's where we're to be found. It's where we begin. Paul the Apostle tells the church in Galatia in chapter 3 of that letter, uh, you know, you, you began in the Spirit. How did you receive the Spirit, he says? By the, what you were doing or by the hearing of faith. The faith of the gospel is how we begin. And if we are walking with the Lord with the fruit manifest to prove we are walking with the Lord, it is not through any other avenue than our hearing of faith the faith of the gospel, striving together for the faith of the gospel, Philippians 1.27. When the church comes back to that, and that is what the message of the cross coming into a community, the focus of the Lamb, is to do. It's to save the lost and to bring a wandering church back home to a place of unity Tear the signs down out by the road, this, that, the other church, all in the name of some legacy of men. Get rid of it, throw it out, and let's gather back around the Lamb and be found by our God striving together for the faith of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. There's where unity will be found, nowhere else. Nowhere else. <laughs> so, 2 Peter chapter 1, and let's look today, let's do a little reading this morning. Let's read a few verses here because what I've, what I've always known about this uh, first chapter of 2 Peter is that there is so much meat in it for growth, for maturity, for, for, for us to learn about our Lord. But also, there's so much meat here that if we don't learn to look to the Lamb and through the Lamb, meaning look to Christ and what He did at Calvary, then through that picture, through that truth, not some vain fleshly thoughts we have of a man hanging on a tree, but the truth 
of the Lamb, the truth of Christ and Him crucified. We can look through that truth onto the pages of God's Word and the Spirit of truth can guide us into more truth and we can see because if we're not looking to and through the truth of the Lamb of God, then we're going to look at 2 Peter chapter 1 and it's going to look like a circuit board to somebody who's never seen one with all the wires and sorters and capacitors and transistors, all the little things. We're like, what in the world is that? That's what we'll do with this. Or we'll take a part of it and make it, try to make it mean something else. And then we'll take another part and try to make it mean something else. When it's all, this is a letter to try to get us to see a greater picture of our Savior and the work He provided for us at Calvary. And we're going to see that today. And I'm thankful to be sharing the truths of God's Word with you. And when you hear it properly, you'll see righteousness. Hallelujah. Proverbs 12, 17. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. If we're not seeing righteousness, we're not hearing truth. Come on now. Watch now. 2 Peter chapter 1, let's start in verse 3. According as his divine power. Now this is an important scripture for the rest of this chapter. This is an important, this is key. Verse 3 is key to the rest of this chapter. According as his divine power, the power of God, has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. And in the last session, we looked at that. And the divine power is the power of God. And the Bible says that is the preaching of the cross. That's the gospel. That's what Jesus did at Calvary as the Son and the Lamb of God. And we know that to be true because only through the truth of the gospel, the message of the cross, comes any opportunity to experience anything that pertains to life and godliness. You understand that? Not just because you're born again, but because you continue to strive for the faith of the gospel. Watch now. Verse 4, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. What nature are we partaking of when the Bible says we're partaking of the godly nature, the nature of God? It's the lamb nature, the nature of the lamb. We eat his flesh, we drink his blood, or there is no life within us. We eat his flesh, we drink his blood, or we're not walking with him in the light he's walking in. We eat his flesh and drink his blood, and we're talking about a heart believing unto the finished and perfect work of Christ in his death on the cross. That's, that's what the Bible, that's what Jesus meant when he said, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life within you. That means if we're not partaking of him and who he is as the lamb spiritually for us, what he did at Calvary, not just to be born again, but to walk with him, to live with him. We must, we must understand, this is what Paul meant when he wrote to the church in Corinth and said, many are weak, sick, and dying prematurely because they, they're not discerning the Lord's body. That means what he did in his body on the tree. If you turn Christianity into just a church thing or a social thing or a denominational thing or a, a preacher thing, a person, if you change Christianity into anything other than what makes Christianity Christianity, which is Christ crucified, then we are not discerning the Lord's body. And we, that's what causes the division in the body. The cross of Christ, the focus of the Lamb, is the place where God unifies His people. Wherever that is not the focus and the exclusive boast, that, 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 there, that's where the division is being caused when we say it is our focus, but then we don't preach it. When we say it, it, it's all about the Lamb, but then we make it all about everything else. When you say it's all about the Lamb and you're beholding the Lamb and you're partaking of the, 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 the nature of the Lamb, which is 
who he became for you at Calvary, then you're not going to have a problem getting rid of the sign, getting rid of grandpa's legacy of this denomination, all this, all these things of men, and just literally gathering around the lamb. Hallelujah. That's where you're headed one day. You might as well get used to it now and let all this other stuff burn to ashes. Glory be to God. We don't need anything else. We don't need anything else from the history of the church. Church, we just need to behold the Lamb. Glory be to God. And uh, we got too many pe- preachers and speakers in the church who are professional at church history. We, it, listen, that's 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 not where we grow. We grow as we behold the Lamb. Second Corinthians three eighteen. If we're not beholding the Lamb, we're not being changed into the image of this Lamb. Hallelujah. We're not partaking of this nature of the Lamb. So watch this, read this again, verse 4. Whereby we are given, the, 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 let me read this, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Watch, if you see what these promises do, you'll know from where they come. Watch, that by these you might be partake by these great and precious promises you might be partakers of the divine nature the lamb nature how did you become partaker of the divine nature the nature of the lamb by with your heart believing unto the righteous work of Christ in his death and your heart believing unto that righteousness god called that obeying that form of doctrine. You became obedient because you began to taste of the very thing Jesus tasted of when he died. You remember Jesus uh, told the disciples, he said, you'll surely drink this, this you'll, you'll partake of this baptism of mine. You're, you're going to drink of this cup. And he was talking about what he would do at Calvary. Our partaking of the Lamb is our faith in the sacrifice. Not just once to be born again. That's why that thought right there, and now it's just whatever we want to do and all these things we allow to creep in and these ministers come and, and they, they don't point to the Lamb. They, they point to this. They preach church history. And the Bible says you're not being changed into the image of the Lamb unless you're beholding the Lamb. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, that's why the Holy Spirit always delivers us who are alive in Christ Jesus to the death of Jesus because you have to be beholding that. We've, we've in our own vain imaginations, we've over, we, we, we've superseded God's word. We've exalted our thoughts above it and we'll even try to drag other scriptures in to prove and this is the great deception to use God's word to take our view and our eyes off of what God's word tells us we should be beholding. Come on, somebody praise God this morning. We moving on, hallelujah. Glory be to God. You think you're by yourself now, my friend. Wait till the days ahead. Wait to the soon, to soon days that are, that are coming. Even upon this nation, America, I've told you for years, God is going to strip this nation of everything we have trusted in. It's only for our own good to get our attention back on the only one we should be trusting and how we have to be looking, what we have to be looking at to scripturally be trusting in Him. Come on, now God is stripping the, He's stripping this nation right now. I hope you can see that. You can blame the devil, but the devil is only a tool in God's hands. You can blame the, the dumb politicians, uh, the lost race of Adam. You can blame all of that, but they're all tools in God's hand because he's trying to wake his church up. (coughs) He's trying to wake his church up. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah to the Lamb. I'm just so thankful that God got my attention, found me desperate, found me miserable, found me realizing, but watch, he found me admitting that what I was in and had been in, it wasn't right. 
Now, I didn't know really what was right, and I'm speaking of focus, but first, a man, woman, boy, and girl, it's a Christian, and it ain't working, honey, even if you're pretending it is. In your heart, you have the Spirit of God, and there's something in you that's of the Spirit of God who know there's things wrong, but you just can't put your finger on it, but yet you're still going along with everything because you don't want people to think you're not as spiritual spiritual as they are. And my Lord, that's a sad place to be. I've been there. And first, before the Lord can reveal this glorious gospel to you again, child of God, the focus of it to you again, to convict you of this focus and to convince you that it's His focus and it must become yours, you're going to first have to admit that you've been wrong and that you have been pretending and this stuff you've believed have not been working. Few people are going to find themselves in this honest place before the Lord. But those who do, He will make known His experiential covenant to you. And you will be convinced by Him to get up and get out from all that distraction Where do you think all these churches that are focused on the Lamb that are being established over the last 25 and 30 years, what do you think caused all that? How did that happen? God convicted of people that the reason you're desperate and it's not working is because it's you working. I can't work in your life unless your faith is in the one object that allows me to work and that's the same object that saved you. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. That's the same object that saved you. And you, you and I need to understand that, that there is no other place to believe God and to walk with God and to be used by God outside of this one place of faith in the Lamb. And, and when you get honest with God and admit this is just, I'm just going through the motions. Now, I don't want to embarrass myself by telling anybody that, but you know it's true. Then he's trying to get you back to what he is focused on, what he's always spoke through and worked through. Jesus said it himself. He said, the scriptures are testifying of me. Me. Who was he? The Lamb of God. You need to know these things. You need to be learning these things. You can stay in a dried up mess and and, 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 and cry yourself to sleep every night or you can get real with God and God will get very real with you. Hallelujah. Let's read verse 4 again. Whereby... This divine power that has given us all things for, that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him. That means Christ and Him crucified. He's the one that called us to glory and virtue. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, colon, if you've not heard my teaching before, the colon means get ready. Something is going to enhance the view of what was just said. So watch. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, <clears throat> colon, that by these great and precious promises you might be partakers of the divine nature. That is the nature of the Lamb. We know it because what it says right after it, watch, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. How did we do that? Faith in the Lamb. Hallelujah. See how simple that is, my friends? Do you see how simple that is? Oh my goodness, the simplicity the simplicity of the gospel in every chapter and every verse. And, and I can't help who, who's trying to distract us from the gospel. Just stay the course, my friend. I'd rather be looking at what God calls the good news than what men are trying to make the good news. The good news is my Jesus and what he did for me at Calvary and to me at Calvary. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. He got rid of the old me. In his death and through his death made a new me in him. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. New heart, new spirit, new life, new horizon I'm looking at. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Watch this now. Verse 5. 
And beside this, that means but also for this very reason, give all diligence to be found by God adding to your faith. Add to your faith. Watch now. This is going to be made very simple today by the Holy Spirit. Giving all diligence. Add to your faith. Now we got to stop right there. There's a, there's a reason that this is perfectly, perfectly, no flaws, no contradictions, the beauty of God's holy word. I'm talking about there, if, you, if you study the word of God, you, you'll see the beauty of your God, the, the greatness of your God, because our Bibles tell us the word of God is God. Hallelujah. John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. And you need to know that. When men try to change God's word, they're trying to change God. And he says he is unchangeable. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Watch this now. And beside this, or rather he's saying here, uh, let me see what it but also for this very reason, we need to be found giving all diligence to add to our faith. And again, adding to our faith is first because everything that's added to our lives, first of all, it's worded here like we're adding it, but we're only adding it if our faith remains in that that took place by the divine power in the divine nature of the Lamb that delivered us initially from the corruption that is in the world through the lust of our own flesh. The corruption that fills the world is only in the world through the lust of men's flesh. And we were a part of that until we were born again. Now, hold it right there because we can still be a part of that. God forbid, but we can still be a part of that if we're not partaking of this divine nature through the exceeding and precious promises, exceeding great and precious promises that gave us access to this place where we live, which is in Christ Jesus. You and I as Christians do not have to walk as though we're wise, as though we've been born again. We do not have, we can live just like the world. That's why we have so many scriptures in the New Testament guiding us, attempting to guide us into more truth, all truth. Amen. To experience the liberty from, to experience the liberty from the corruption that we will experience if we're living according to our flesh. The flesh can only reap corruption, but the Spirit reaps eternal life. And I'm talking about the experience of it now. That's why Paul told Timothy, lay hold on eternal life. Eternal life, my friends, is not something we're waiting for when we meet Jesus in the air and we're with him and like him forever and ever. Eternal life is Jesus. And he dwells in our hearts now by his spirit. One, the same. Amen. Christ dwells in our hearts. How? The Bible says, by His Spirit. Amen. We're not waiting on eternal life. If we're born again, we have eternal life because we have the one who is life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Hallelujah. There is no other life. The, the apostle Paul wrote to the church in Philippi in Philippians 1 and 21 and said, to, for me to live is Christ. The life which we now live in this flesh, we live by the faith of the Son of God who loved us. That's the faith of the gospel. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So I want to give you a couple of little uh, excerpts today from, uh, con or rather concerning the word diligence. Everybody knows right now if you follow the teaching of the Lord through my ministry, what is about to be said. What do you think I'm about to say pertaining to the word diligence? That's right, moment 
by moment. That's diligence, moment by moment. Now, most Christians today, they, 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 because of the lust of our flesh, we do not experience moment by moment, complete every moment of our lives surrendered to the truth of Calvary with the fruit thereof. Because we do things that are fleshly. It's not, it's not that we don't believe in the cross, and it's not that we're not striving for the faith of the gospel, but even though we are, we still do things that are fleshly. And to say you don't may, means you're doing something right now called lying. Amen. To say that I'm not perfect and that I won't be like Jesus, the Bible says this, by the way, not just us, that I won't be like Him completely until I see Him means that He is still working in me and on me. And if He's working in me and on me, that means I still got some issues. Amen. Those issues are what happens <coughs> through the lust of my flesh. Those issues are what's taking place through the lust because of the lust of my flesh. Now, no, I'm not still running around and doing all the things I used to do as a, as a lost person or even for years as a backslidden Christian, but my friend, there's still issues in my heart and there's still issues in your heart. No, we're not going to get up and broadcast them all over the, na all over the, 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 the church or the nation or the world, but they're there. They're there. If, if Jesus taught that the, the sins that are committed come out of our heart, then when you sin here in a little bit or next week, where do you think it come from? That's why you can't blame anybody else. He said it came out of your own heart. Think about that. It's in there now. Even though you don't know it, think about that powerful reality. Every sin that you commit, every, every time we act according to the lust of our flesh and do something we shouldn't, it came out of our heart. The lust of our flesh means not our flesh skin, but the lust of this flesh that we're still trapped in. Yes, this body, but... The, 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 the clinging vines from the fall in the Garden of Eden. That we've been, we've been delivered from death. We, we're, we're dead to the law now. The Bible says that was, that was causing us to be dead in sin. And now, thank God, through Christ Jesus, we are dead to sin and alive in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I've got these big trees out near the edge of my property. Big, I think they're sweet gumball trees. And they're they're big, they're big trees. And also on those trees there are vines. Vines. I've taken a picture of this before. I, I wish I could find it and I could put it on the screen for you, but some of these vines are that big. And they're wrapped around each other, and they go up in that tree, and they are they 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 choke the life out of a tree. And if not dealt with, they will eventually kill that tree, and it'll be nothing but vines. And I've gone out there and taken a chainsaw, and near the ground where they're growing up out of the ground, I've cut the big vines. I've cut them. They're no longer attached to the vines that are going up in the tree. But yet, listen carefully, even though there's no more life coming up out of the ground to, 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 to cause uh, the vine to live, that was choking the life out of the tree, it's been cut off, its source has been cut off, but yet those vines are still there, and even though they're dead, they still have a grip on that tree. And it's, it's like that in Christianity, because we still have a sin nature that can be revived if we've opted out of the cross and we've put our 
the object for growing in Pentecost or the object of growing in the purpose-driven life or the object of growing in the promise. Any, any avenue through which we think we can do something and be found saved or being delivered or growing other than beholding the Lamb, we have traded in, we have forgotten that we were purged from our old sins that Peter will say later on in this very chapter, we've traded that in and we've gone blind. That's what he'll say later on. We've gone blind. It's not that we've forgotten that we were ever saved through that one avenue, but we've put that behind us instead of keeping it before us. You see, the song says, the world behind us, the cross before us, not the cross behind us, and the world before us. And all those fads that men creep in with, that's the world. You must keep the cross before you and the world behind you. Hallelujah. So those vines, they're still on that tree. They're no longer digging in to that tree, but they're still hanging on that tree. You know that that is our situation as well. We not only have a sin nature that was made dormant when we trusted <clears throat> in the death of Christ on Calvary's tree, but we still have this flesh thing. And you know it's true because more often than we'd like to admit, the lust of our flesh, it may not be for alcohol or promiscuous sexual activity. It may be as Peter, who in Antioch favored men, fell under the fear of men, and moved away from fellowship with those that were believing the right thing, and moved toward those through fear of men, moved him toward those in honor of those that did not believe like he believed. You see, that also is the lust of the flesh. The fear of man exists because of the lust of the flesh. To not be less than them. To not have less than them. To make sure I'm honored also by them. All that stuff is what happens when you stop moment by moment, diligently beholding the Lamb. Diligently beholding the Lamb. Watch now. I'm going to give you a couple of Bible verses here. In Psalms 119, verse 4, the Bible says, You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. That means moment by moment. That means always. God commands us to be obedient. Diligently, moment by moment, without fail, God commands us to be found by Him obedient. We know we can't, but we know the one who was perfect in humility, perfect in His obedience, and perfect in His submission, perfect submission to his heavenly Father that only judges righteous judgment. You can read that in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 22 and 23. It's a precious and beautiful passage of Scripture there because that is what we have to be beholding and trusting in from our heart to be viewed not only positionally obedient, but sanct sanctified in the experience, we are sanctified because Jesus is our sanctification. Let me try to get this right and say this right today. You have to be beholding the Lamb. You, you, I'm not talking about imagining, closing your eyes and imagining a bloody man hanging on a tree. That, listen, let's get something straight today. When we all heard the gospel, every one of us all over the world, every time anybody's ever been saved, they had a visual in their physical, natural mind, but it wasn't about that. It wasn't about that because that was different for every one of us. 
the natural visual in our minds of a man being crucified on a tree, wounded and bruised. We had to know that. We had to see that. But we all had a different picture of that. If I say the word uh, orange, you have a different visual of that than I do. If I say brick house, you have a different visual of that than I do. Every person who's ever been born again, it was the truth of the gospel they were believing. Not in some visual, fleshly, physical picture they were picturing. It was with the heart they were believing the truth that would save them and deliver them and keep them and walk them all the way to the finish line. So it's never about a natural picture in your mind. It's okay to have those, but we don't have the same natural, physical, visual picture. What we do have is the same powerful truth, hallelujah, as of what Jesus there provided for us in his death, in the shedding of his blood, in his own body, on the tree, hallelujah, to the Lamb. We all see that in our minds differently, but it's not about what we see differently. It's about the one thing that we see that's common and that's the righteous work being carried out there that put us to death with him and made us alive with him and took our sin away and put it on him as the lamb that was given by God to take away our sin and to make us the righteousness of God in him. Hallelujah. So it's never about the visual in your mind. It's about the truth in your heart. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So let me read this again. Psalm 119 verse 4. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. And again, we know we can't do this. But we know Jesus did. That's why we have to behold him, continue with our faith in his sacrifice, not something else. Not something else. There is no other answer from God other than the slain lamb for anything you need. When you say, yeah, I got that preacher, but we also need... No, everything comes through that or it doesn't come from God. Everything comes from that or it doesn't come from God. The Lord has had me quoting to those who hear our ministry lately, Revelation chapter 5 verse 12. The lamb was slain to receive. Slain to receive riches, glory, honor, power, blessing. Everything we need comes through our faith in the slain Lamb. Faith in any other thing eliminates us from the object through which our faith will bring us everything. Get that. Faith in any other thing other than the slain lamb eliminates us of all that can come through. And that's what adding to your faith means. Those things that come through your faith that the Holy Spirit can add to your life because you are partaking in the same way you partook when you began. The eating of the flesh of Christ and drinking His blood, meaning faith in His sacrifice. Hebrews 11.6 is a popular Bible verse. And it's also speaking of the word diligence. Here it is. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. But without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is God and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now let me remind us that diligence means moment by moment. Not just when things do, seem all of a sudden to be devastating, 
But when things seem to be the best they've ever been, we still continue to diligently seek Him. Now get this. There's a powerful truth in this sixth verse of Hebrews 11. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. See, the focus here is seeking God by faith to be able to please Him. For he that comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek. What are they seeking? Him. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. If you missed Wednesday night's message from Crossway Church, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you'd go back and listen to that message. As the scriptures shared with God's people on Wednesday night reveal what it means to see the face of God, to look upon the face of Christ. And for years we've talked about quit seeking God for so much as what His hand can give you, and behold His face. Behold, look upon His face. But that cannot happen unless we're beholding the Lamb. That's where we look upon the face of the Lord. And we see in that reflection of the face of the Lord that which He did for us at Calvary and that which He is changing us into, 2 Corinthians 3 and 18. Amen. We, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God only shines in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is the light of the glorious gospel. Go back and listen to Wednesday night's message if you missed it. So when you're diligently seeking the Lord, that's what you're doing. Diligently seeking Him. For what? More of Him. I want to know you, Lord. I want more of you, Lord. I don't know what I need, Lord. I tell our people all the time. I, I, listen, I don't know how to pastor, but I know the power's in the gospel. I don't know what to do, but the Lord knows what to do. I'm just following him and his leading. And he only guides in the path of righteousness. Hallelujah. That's how you know you're on the path. That's how you know you're being led by him. If you're on the path of righteousness, and that doesn't happen unless our faith is in the sacrifice because the Bible says he always leads us in triumph in Christ Jesus. That's on the path of righteousness. That means the triumph He provided for us on the tree of Calvary. Hallelujah. Moment by moment is what diligence means. So when we get to verse 5 and we see, and beside this and because of this, therefore give all diligence to add to your faith virtue, that moral excellence, and add to virtue knowledge. That Peter writes that, that we would be found growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, not the, not the knowledge of everything else. Are you hearing about Jesus and His finished and perfect work when you gather with God's people? Some of you know you're not, but you still listen to ministries that are just as determined not to bring the redemptive message into every message as those who are de determined not to leave Him out. Some of you are still listening to ministers that you can just sit and listen to comfortably. And there's no challenge. There's no conviction there. There's no challenge. There's no conviction. You just like the way they speak. Or they are saying biblical things that are right. But why is there no conviction in your heart? Why are you not being challenged? More than likely, it's either because... They're not saying what they should be saying or they're not saying some things they should be saying or you're not hearing what they're saying. But when you're hearing truth, you will be convicted. You will be convicted. And if that's not the case, 
then we might have found ourselves in the group of people who are gathering teachers unto them just to scratch their itching fleshly ears. If you're not hearing the gospel ministered, then you're not hearing that which is challenging and convicting. And I know what it's like to be a spirit-filled Christian or a Christian who had been filled with the Spirit but didn't want to hear about the gospel. Millions in our nation are there right now. And what happens in our nation in the next days ahead is going to intensify like never before because God is intensifying His reach to wake His people up. You can count on it, my friend. I'm, I'm not prophesying anything that's not in the Bible. The Lord is trying to wake His people up. And you will know that you have awakened when you're back at Calvary and the focus of the Lamb. That's your first love. That's striving together for the faith of the gospel. That's, you know when you've awakened when it matters not anymore of the legacy your daddy and granddaddy left of some denominational name or how many years they were involved in a denomination. But you gathering around the sacrifice. See, you don't get to choose those people. You ever seen those denominations? They're, they claim they're preaching the cross, but when preacher passes away or for whatever reason the preacher leaves, they don't go look for a cross-eyed preacher. They look for another denominational preacher. There's some, there's some lack there in their submission and their focus and their determination to know nothing other. Let me tell you today, you're going to begin to notice like never before, spiritual matters coming to the forefront. The news medias are going to get very spiritual focused. The news meter, uh, the news medias, all, all of them are going to get very spiritually focused. And only those who are beholding the Lamb as the only way, exclusive way, such as the Apostle Paul preached, are going to be found standing through it all. All the false religions are going to be exposed by those who are being persecuted for standing in the only true spiritual place God, the true God, has ever placed His people. And that's in the liberty wherewith Christ made us free. In the days ahead, because everything is going to now shine, be shining on spiritual matters. Oh, the Catholic religion is going to get very much attention. But it's only going to be to expose them for being wrong according to the Word of God. Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, all these things are going to come to a place of being exposed of being wrong. And true Christianity, faith in the blood of Jesus, those who refuse to be moved from its focus are going to be where the real persecution lies. Oh, right now, even the Islamic satanic group of people, a huge group of people are, are being persecuted. But they're only being persecuted by Satan himself. You ever thought about the, the great tribulation and how the, all the horrible things that are going to happen is really happening to those who belong to Satan? Think about that. Because of their rejection of the one they could belong to by trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. So... Back to this, what the Lord is showing me, that in the days ahead, I mean, there's going to be an intensifying increase of spiritual matters, even in news media. You're going to hear it, you're going to see it, and you're going to hear very few people standing 
on Christ crucified. Jesus Christ and Him crucified exclusively. Determined to know nothing else. Even Christian ministers are going to move away. They're going to be seduced. The love of money is the root of all evil. And those who have to have it are going to move away because many positions are going to be lost in the days ahead. Paying positions. Because great fear is going to come upon the world, this nation as well. And it's going to cause the church as we've known it in its visual to not look like it has ever before. Everything is going to be stripped away that we've trusted in other than the one thing that cannot be stripped away and that's faith in the Lamb of God. I hope you're seeing it already. I'm not telling you something that's not already happening, but those who look to the Lamb and through the Lamb are seeing it. It's all scriptural. All you have to do is study the Word of God and you'll see it's already told to us what's going to happen. Hallelujah. So back to verse 5. And because of these things, these exceeding great and precious promises that allows us moment to by moment, to be partakers of this divine nature, the nature of the Lamb, because through Him we've escaped the corruption that is in the world through our own lust. We've escaped. You can't think about this and just everybody else. It was the lust of our own flesh that held us as slaves to the world system, the devil himself. But we have, we have escaped. Amen. We've escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust by partaking of the Lamb. And because of this, you and I are commanded here in the New Covenant to give diligence to add to your faith. Not to, it can't nothing else be added to. And remember... It's the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave Himself for us that we live by. You know, when Peter did his big piece of dissimulation, meaning hypocrisy, you can read about it in Galatians chapter 2, verses 11 through 16, and even really the rest of the chapter, when Peter did the, what he did, Paul didn't tell him he needed to get filled with the Holy Ghost again. Paul didn't tell him the answer was Pentecost. Paul began to preach that justifying message of sanctification to him, reminding him that we are not justified by the works of the law, which is what Peter was being pulled toward those men who were still trusting in what they did instead of being in fellowship with those who were no, not trusting in what they did but what Jesus did. Get this now. And he was pulled off into that. And the answer for him and to us today is that, remember, we're not justified by works of the law, but if you'll go read this, you'll see it's worded this way, but by the faith of the Son of God. The problem was the fear of men. The answer was the faith of the Son of God. The answer is always the faith of the Son of God. Don't buy another translation that'll tell you, well, what's really said there is faith in the Son of God. No, my friend, unless Jesus did what He did by grace through faith, we don't have anywhere to taste of that grace or to put our faith. It was what He did by faith because He loved us and gave Himself for us. Hallelujah. And that's the answer for a lost world. That's an answer for the desperate Christian who doesn't know why things aren't working. That's why. Because we're working Christian. We're trying to work Christianity when Jesus already did the work, perfected the work, and declared it finished from the tree. And we'll get into this next Monday morning as we gather back again around God's Word and see these things that are written here really offered to us, but yet in commandment to be found added to our faith. Can't be added to nothing else. Can't be added to my life unless it's added to my faith. And let me say this, i got to quit, but if I get faith wrong, I get it all wrong. 
If I don't have the right object of faith, I can't experience grace. All I can do is frustrate, which means deny, set aside true grace. If I don't get faith right, if I don't get faith right, I don't get anything right. And that's why all Christians that are miserable are miserable because they don't have faith right. They don't have faith right. They got saved, but now they've moved that object to something else, and that's why they're miserable. I already know. I'm speaking from experience. I'm here today trying to help folk. The Lord's reaching for you. Amen. But you've got to be willing to admit something's wrong before you'll be willing to accept the one and the truth of that one who can fix what's wrong. Glory be to God. It's been a great session today. I'm so thankful for those who are hearing the Lord, the, the Spirit of the Lord and what He's saying to the churches in these last few moments before He pulls the curtain on this age as we know it now. God bless you. I'm so thankful for those that do gather around God's Word with us. It's like I like to say, it's my Bible study, but I'm thankful for all those that gather around with me in this Bible study so that we can learn Christ and see who He is and what He did at Calvary enhanced and more enhanced every time we open God's Word. Worthy is the Lamb. Glory be to God. If the Lord stirs your heart to be a part of this ministry, pray for us. And if He stirs your heart to give Him an offering through this ministry, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903 231-5950. God bless you. I love you. And I pray that today would be the day you find the power of Christ resting upon you through your simple childlike faith in His sacrifice and allowing Him to touch you and to bring and to be the very provision that you need for all things. I pray that you find what you need in Him today for it is all there. Hallelujah. God bless you. I love you, and I'll see you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.